and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and sometimes recommendations for whatever we read this week. Amy, what did we read? We read Hello Stranger by Lisa Claypass, which is apparently book four in the Ravenel series, which we didn't know before we read it. No, nor have we read the, the any first. of the others. Yeah. <laughs> So this is a sort of, I'm not really sure how, this is a suggestion of like, you might like this book after having yeah, read. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure how some an algorithm told us to read this book. Yeah. Yeah. This is an algorithm recommend. The algorithm didn't tell us that there was a series that it featured in a series. So yeah, that's why our podcast is better than an algorithm. Because our podcast is people recommending things. Thanks, people. And we would, yeah, people Very say, yeah, people say things like, "Do read this other one," or "Read which, please." Do not go further. The rest are terrible. Things like that, which we appreciate. So you'll listen to the, if you've read any of the preceding Ravenel's books, you'll probably listen to this and go, "These mention. girls have missed so much," <laughs> and that's for that we apologize. But it's like when we read Bombshell and we felt that we'd missed. A whole plot line. I'd even read those books and I'd forgotten about them. Yeah. So, with that said, Kimberly, Uh. (laughs) I'd like to interest you in doing the spoiler free recap once I set you up by saying thank you. This takes place in late Victorian England. Thanks, Amy. Not mid Victorian, late. Very late. That's like 1880s. And that is actually really central to the plot. I'm only being like. I'm probably like 60, 40 being sarcastic, but it it is actually It's only central important. in the sense that the main character is able to have the career she does because it is the late Victorian Exactly. Era. Yeah. So our main character is Garrett. Gibson. Great. Doctor. Dr. Garrett Gibson. She is the first physician in England, female physician in England, and she was only able to do so because she actually studied in France at a school that would allow her, that would admit women, and then returned to England and they recognised her qualification. So she was Dr. Garrett Gibson. They've since, like, quick smart closed that loophole, so she is the only female doctor in And I think she's based on someone who did actually exist. She sure is. I read the afterword and apparently, yes, she is based on someone who did exist. Yeah. She has her own little practice. She lives with her dad, who is an elderly ex-police officer. Her mum died in childbirth, and so she's quite close with her dad. He's quite sick. He's an invalid. He has some kind of ongoing illness, and she doctors him and takes care of him. In addition to working out of, like, the bottom of her house, she also, in her own little practice, she works for a, like, a department store being their in-house physician. She, she and another male doctor who's like kind of older and kind of mentors her and it's kind of useful to have a female doctor so the female staff who are there can come and see her so that's kind of how they're using that in that context. But the guy who owns the department store, she knows his wife and their friends. That's clearly established in a previous book. I think that's been established in a different book. He's quite sort of enlightened, which is why he's hired her. Yes. And she also does volunteering once a week where she goes to the the workhouses and Sort of in the slums. In the slums and goes around and does some doctoring for those people for free, for the people who can't afford it in the workhouses. And it's on one of these visits, these returns. So she's returning 
back home after one of these visits and she gets accosted by some soldiers on shore leave and they try to rape her or whatever but it's like as in they don't you don't see a rapey scene or anything they just that's obviously their intention and she starts fighting them off with a sword stick or a stick stick. She has some kind of defensive point, I, no, pointy it is. thing weapon. It's a it's a it's a sword stick because she does fencing, and so she's like fencing with these guys to try and um, save herself. And then out of the mist, it was a very misty day, a soupy day in London. Out of the mist comes our hero, whose name is I want to say Ethan Ransom. That's correct. Yay! And he watches her becomes apparent very quickly he watches her every time she does this particular walk because he worries about her safety so clearly they have they already they have know to, each they've other they've met we assume they've met in the in probably in book three if this is book four i imagine this, they set up their <laughs> they have, like they have a sort of she's like ransom what are you doing watching me is like exactly. her first line. Yes. So yes. I thought, oh, yeah, okay, they must know each other. Miss that bit. Oh, yeah. well. <laughs> no, it's fine. So then, yeah, so basically he kind of rescues her and she's like, I actually didn't need rescuing and I can carry my own bag and meh, meh, meh. Like she's very independent. And then he somehow talks her into allowing him, oh, she doesn't want him to follow her anymore. And so he is like, well, if you want me to like not follow you into dangerous areas, you need to either not go into dangerous areas or I need to be allowed to, like, teach you how to fight properly. She says, I'll have option B, thank you. I'll have option B. So he comes to show her how to fight properly, and that quickly devolves into... Because before the fight properly, they do have, you know, an attraction. An attraction. He's a very sexy man. He's sexy, and and she's a physician, so she knows what that bulge in the front of his trousers is, and she's kind of really (laughs) blunt, so she's like, I can see your erection. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, yeah, basically, he is on, so for his kind of, his side of things, she's fighting this urge. She doesn't want to marry or anything because obviously she refuses to give up her profession and her, you know, she worked so hard for her independence and her career that she wouldn't be giving it up to marry. So she has no intention to marry. And she also kind of has no private life or personal life at all. To marry she just works and all have the time. children. Exactly. She doesn't want any kind of in- attachment or entanglement, but she would like to have a fling with Ethan. So that's what her mentor doctor actually says. He's like, you need to have a life. Yeah, he does. He's You're like, get doctor. out there and do something else. You know medical things. But you uh, you have terrible bedside manner. He so tells her. go yeah. and learn. Go yeah. learn some bedside mannering. Find a nice go gentleman. Go learn some empathy. Go go on a date. Go dancing. Go do something. Yeah. Anyway, and so she's like, okay, I want us to have an affair. And he's like, no, anyone who gets caught up with me. Because he used to be a police officer, but now he works for some secret government department that, like, Exists, has but doesn't exist and, and yeah, yeah. Um, if I told you I'd have to kill you that oh. kind of stuff so he's like anyone who gets involved with me it's like it's a dangerous life I live right you are I couldn't possibly be attached and she's yeah, no like, one's gonna hire you to read the audio book sorry <laughs> imagine <gasps> It's like when we like used Kim, to read, I would be so sassy. It we used to terrible. read novels to each other in the kitchen, and yes. you couldn't ever have a straight face during the. Like, My favorite was to read scenes. to to go in and out of things that were true and things I were making up, and you'd be like, "That bit's made up," and I'm like, "No, that bit's really what the author wrote." Look Give at me this. the book. Look at this. <laughs> she he has reasons why he doesn't want to be with her, obviously, because it's a romance novel, and he has to. Otherwise, it would just be a, a novella. <laughs> And so they end up kind of starting this fling. Everybody gets attached because it's a romance novel. And pretty much that's it. Like, his life is threatened. And you probably can guess the plot from there, I would say. That's kind of it, really. 
And it does being book four in the Ravenals involve Ravenals who only having read book four, we were like, who are these people? I kind of got in that romance novel way that I didn't realise it was book four, but I understood that clearly this was either explained in other books or was setting yes. things up for, for Yeah, for the next books. book. So you yeah. can tell so what's happened to, and what's going to happen Yeah, next. I was quite used to, you know, that kind of – so you can you can see from this book who the next book will be about. Yeah, so they're basically like yeah. this Lisa Claypass's version of, I guess, the Bridgertons, except yeah, pretty much. the parents don't like each other. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of it, really. The end. All right. Ba-da-ba. Amy, what did you think of Hello, Stranger? Hello, Stranger took me a bit to get into. I thought her name was ridiculous and I spent a lot of time resisting that. And I was a little bit like... You were so judgy. They explain her name. They actually do explain. I I don't remember that bit. Yeah, that's... But I'll go with it. And I spent this time at the beginning going, oh my God, this is moving so quick. (laughs) But that's because it's really set up in three of the books. And then I was like, hang on a minute. Okay, right. Clearly they're characters I'm meant to have already known. Yeah. Just go with it. And then... For the point that she starts when her mentor doctor comes on in and she gets a little bit more human because the whole, like, yep. I could protect myself, but okay, fine, I'll learn lessons with you. It's a bit eye roll. But when she goes up to start sort of softening her life, that's a weird way to phrase it. So weird. Like finding other things to fill her life with other than just work, doctoring. Mm. And she started to become a bit more of a person that I could see as like a real character. She more relatable, perhaps more relatable. Yeah. And the point in in the plot where she really comes into her own, which is a big spoiler, so I can't say it to you, but it sort of relates to like lives being threatened because of the work Ethan does or the things that are happening in the background. I really enjoyed the sort of arc she went on. Me in too. That. I thought that was really some really good conflict and tension mm. in that point. I know what and you mean. I know the moment you mean. And I liked, I would agree with you. And I particularly liked it kind of around what you're saying because that I'm super independent. I don't need, and it's not, and she doesn't approach it as I don't need a man. She doesn't even have friends. Like she's very much like, has had one goal her whole life to be a doctor. She has people and that's who all are her acquaintances. Absolutely. Like. Absolutely. Like she sees other people and speaks to other people and has people who care about her and are like, you know, will sit and eat lunch with another person or whatever. Mm. But she has no one who's really close to her or who knows her or would challenge her to be a better version of herself or, you know what I mean? Like she doesn't have yes. a, a good friend. I think in this book particularly, and it's an, it's an interesting thing because it kind of gets packaged as feminism. It gets packaged as her being really an independent, strong woman. And it's the kind of version of that that I sometimes find it hard to relate to. Like, Sexily in Bombshell. Like sexily in Bombshell. Because from my perspective, I'm like, but there's there's so many other aspects to life and you don't have to give up your independence. You don't have to give up your strength. These things can actually coexist. You can be strong and independent and have your career and still need to be loved by whoever you are attracted to, whoever that is, right? Or need to be loved properly and fully by friends and accepted for everything that you are and be open and, and a little bit vulnerable with people sometimes because I think that that helps us be better people. And what I liked about her character is that Yes, she started in this place of 
independence and strength, and that was kind of her bag in a two-dimensional kind of way. Yeah, um, A bit of an eye roll, like, and it was even then packaged as kind of like, I'm strong and female and I don't need Sword men. Stick. I don't need a man. I can defend myself. And it's like everyone needs somebody, honey. It's just how it is. Like humans weren't designed. Exactly. Humans aren't designed to live, you know, on islands by themselves. But as she kind of grew and went through that kind of, I guess, change and realisation and epiphany Mm. as a character, I really liked it because the moment you're talking about where she kind of evolved and arrived, really arrived as a character in the book, she didn't – she was the best parts – of herself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, she, was she was still strong and female and independent and she brought all of that to this kind of new version of herself that she was discovering. And I thought that was so much more realistic and so much more relatable and so much more admirable than the person she was at the start. And I've read so many books where authors try to do the same thing but ultimately all you kind of do is at the start of the book she's like I don't want to give up everything that I am to for a man and by the end of the book she has because it like the story it's telling you is that actually she just had to find the right man to be prepared to Ugh, give up everything look, and you're like no no, no that, this is anti this is no this is not and a that good message wasn't, that but wasn't that wasn't this book in this and no I, and that's what i liked about it the mess that message was so the message in this book the growth and journey she went on was actually a nice message like it's yeah i yeah. thought it was quite nice and but i think what you said about you know you don't have to sacrifice it well there are the challenges in this era of the expectations of society she's not existing in that you know, upper aristocratic echelons no, of society. No, so she can. She's and in that. She's actually in that middle, upper middle class, lower upper class kind of part of the world. That means the professionals that are kind of able to forge a, a slightly new way of doing. Well, things. like working your way up in the world. Like she's yes. the daughter of a policeman, yeah. and she's you know working her way up. But she does have that. There is that sort of societal constraint that it was expected that when a woman married a man, she stopped doing what she was doing and becomes a mother. And that is her primary purpose. And that is something that, you know, because Ethan is a guy in that period of time, it could have been a plot line that became really, really central to what her like, oh, I like him, but I don't want to do this. But it it wasn't. And it could have been treated that he was very reasonable to expect her to like whereas the thing that saves this is when yes when faced with it he's like he, his objection to them being together is never i don't want to be with you because you don't want to have a family and that's what i want his objection to being with her is my life is really dangerous so yeah, I can't so what my life to another person so when they kind of sort out his problems they they can go together because he's like oh we'll do whatever you need to do i see that your work's really important to you like it's fine we'll we'll work it out we'll create something new so you keep stealing my review off me sorry <laughs> so i'm going to we're just going to have to do this together no i'll I'm introduce happy. each point and you just build off it because that's <laughs> what happens so far sorry <laughs> because she has this character arc where she grows and I think the the fact that this novel, unlike I assume the other Ravenel novels, yeah. doesn't take place in the upper classes. She Some of them and must take place. They close must to the upper classes. Yeah. But and because he 
doesn't exist in the upper class, which yeah. some of a lot of the novels that we read, one of the people is yes. from that class, yeah. and that is the sort of like the tension of expectation. But because they're both on this like middle class level, they're kind of in it, this limbo where you can choose your own adventure. A yes, bit more. and I thought mm. that was helpful to make the narrative not be about oh, what if I don't want to be. You know, I want this guy, but I don't want to be a wife and mother, and I still really want my career. That wasn't really actually that relevant for too long because he wasn't that. He didn't have that expectation. Yeah, once they talked about it, he was like, "Oh, yeah, that's completely fair. I can see how this is really important to you. Actually, my job's kind of not important to me at the moment. Like, it was we can make our own adventures. We would just make it work. Yeah. The tension was that because of his situation, she was being put in danger, which meant that I thought the book was able to have a sort of rather than the usual will they or won't they, which was pretty obvious from like chapter two, it was this sort of conspiracy threat yeah, you're tension right. was the in plot. That, in, that ca- in that context, like it was more of a we need to sort some things out. It was a bit of a shopping list in terms of like, well, we can't be together. because This is the barrier. We have, a ba- we have a barrier that is external to us and it was also external to communication. Like they communicated very well Yeah, because she's quite blunt. So she it- doesn't have terrific social skills. <laughs> no, but he knows what she is. But the novel was quite interesting because it actually wasn't romance, romance, romance. It had this sort of thriller component to it, and I quite liked that. It made it, after the sort of initial, like, eye roll, when the mentor conversation happened and, you know, they had a little bit of, like, traditional sort of... eh, Date night. Like, date night. And then the thriller element comes into it. I started to really enjoy it. Because it it wasn't the usual... I enjoyed not existing in the aristocracy Me for too. the whole time. That and was I quite also nice. enjoyed, and I will say, and Lisa, not being Lisa, Lisa mm. Kleipas can be very hit and miss with choosing potentially uncomfortable barriers to romance and then kind of, I imagine, in the writing process that it would be not impossible to paint yourself into a bit of a corner where you've said, well, her logical barrier to marriage and romance and you know being a family is that she doesn't want to quit her job and but because of who he is he's going to need her to do those things and the obvious the correct Uh. like the correct course of action for this romance novel was for them to go their separate ways and find someone else who could make them happy and who they could make happy without having to give up this really key important part of who they are. And I've we've read so many where they have barriers like that and because they are poorly managed or they just have made, like you said, have just made this unfortunate decision early on to position one of them into a social class that means they have to they are to an extent quite rigid they're not their choices aren't necessarily their own and yeah I've read so many of them where then you just have to read chapter after chapter of them justifying or the character justifying why she's going to erode a massive part of her personality and it's and completely it's like change her her where they have to and give up set. one person yeah. has an unequal sacrifice yeah well there's always up. there's always two isn't there but it's like she gives up everything that made her who she was and he gives up like a dowry a dowry yeah, he, ex- <laughs> he accepts he loves her despite the shame of loving her. Like something really horrendous yeah. like that. Whereas in this was Hello not Stranger, like I thought that they both, they were very much on an equal they footing. They were on equal footing from the, whole the first time. time. Yeah, and from that day was dark. nice. He yeah. thinks 
poorly of himself because of his sort of backstory. Yes. She thinks she knows what she is and thinks well of herself because she knows she's very competent and capable. Yes. She has um, she has a lot of self-confidence in her in her work for sure. Yes. Yeah. And loving him and being like, "Will you just shut up and kiss me already?" kind of thing didn't diminish her in the way that I've read other books where I yeah. felt like the woman really had to be made small yeah. to fit into the world that the man required her to fit into. And this really walked that line and I was concerned early on. That was when you were kind of having eye rolls. I was like plotting it out in my head and being like, if that's where this goes, I'm not going to be able yeah, to Yeah, because I it. was worried it was going to be a, no, look, you are defenseless and you need me to protect you. And she would just over time come to terms with the fact that actually she did really need a man because she was Because he was so defenseless. like, she was like, stop watching me, I can take care of myself. And he was like... Well, you can, but not against three drunken, horny guys. Yeah. That's really complex. If that was just it, teach you to defence, but I'm always going to be watching you. Oh, I would have not. Yeah. I couldn't have gone further with the novel. Did you find it hard to get into at the beginning? No, not really. I sped read it. Okay, because I, I put it down it. after chapter two. Yeah. And I think that's what I, hell, think, I got trapped in that eye roll a bit at the beginning. Yeah, so I got through it quite quickly because I think I read probably up to maybe chapter four or five in the first time I sat down. So you know what I mean? How I don't normally have kind of time I do consume. Yeah, we read slower. this as a hard copy. I read it as a hard copy and I got through it very quickly. I speed read It was a read quick quite read. Effective. Yeah, it was After very, the, yeah. like, once I got into it, I was like, oh, wow, it's almost done. It's done, yeah. Though the thing that I will say, because we're doing one kind of combined review here, I confuse this book. So I didn't read it very long ago. Like, obviously, we kind of record these very close to within the same week or, you know, within a couple of weeks at most of when we've read these books. But we've read a lot recently of independent, strong woman with unusual career set in Victorian era. Ish, era. Ish, era. Yeah. And oh, they've all just mixed into one book in my brain. Yes. So while I didn't mind this, I enjoyed it, it was fine, there were bits of it that I was like, well done you, Lisa Kleiplas, like, Kleiplas, you um, dodged that bullet, like those kind of thoughts as I was reading it. <laughs> Dodge the bullet. This feels like the kind of book that in two years' time I could pick up and be like, I've never read this. Like and Potent Pleasures yes. when we were like, have we read this? And I was like, I've definitely, I've definitely read, read this. this, but we couldn't remember. I just didn't remember the name. Once I once I was like two chapters in, I was like, I've definitely read this book. We got, I'm trying to remember the one we got it confused with, which was Forever and a Duke Forever by and Grace Burroughs, episode yep. 71, with the accountant lady. That the, I was so the confused. Bank Duke. It kind of blurred a little bit for okay, me. Okay, so I am not sure if we then trash or treasure it. I and- trash it, but, like, as in I don't need to read it again, but for what it is, it was good. It was fine. I didn't find it offensive. If you're just like, I feel like I've read every romance novel out there and I don't want to reread anything, but I want something like Victorian English, like all of this sounds good to you, you're like, I think that's what I feel like but reading. Also, if then you, read it. You'll love it. If you don't want to spend, if you want a romance novel, like I'd recommend it and I'd recommend it if you want that historical romance, but you don't particularly, you're not really, oh, everyone's in the aristocracy. I don't want no, balls. No, it's not. No. There are zero balls. No. There aren't really. She wanders around on her own, like you know what I mean. It's yeah, it's not. There's not. It's not all about proprietary, proprietary, ha, <laughs> propriety, propriety. Pro- Pro- we ca- 
whatever that thing manners and stuff manners and etiquette it's not about that we'll practice that word and we'll be able to say it next time abominable abominable so i would recommend it we would recommend it but we trash it i will never read it yes again. i or agree i will read it again but only because i totally forgot, forgot i read it it is relatively standalone though except totally. for the like clearly the ravenals has been set up your brain just goes oh yeah they've this if is, you've read romance novels before in a scene in a series, you will have no trouble stepping into this. Yes, one. I agree with that. Yep. Okay, so trash. So trash, but recommend. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's it. That's an unusual one. We don't normally. Hmm, yes, well done. Well, you always try and steal my recommendations, but no, I don't I'm normally never... lean into it. That's true. <laughs> We were a team. Yeah, you could you could team. frame this positively, but oh, you know we'll work sorry. on it. Sorry, it was a team. Team review. Thanks, Kimball. At any rate, thank you so much for spending some of your time with us once again. And if we don't kill each other and we won't. manage to make it back again next time, we will see you next week where we bring you more spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations for whatever we read. And until then, happy reading! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.